0: Welcome to the Center Mid Philosopher. This episode is brought to you by Augustus Royale Fashion. Life's not black and white, it's gray, and gray is beautiful. Check out the brand below in the link. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we've got our first edition of what I'm going to call the the Mashy P Mob. EPL roundtable. Um, got Spencer Shelton, uh, resident Arsenal, iX Dortmund, Boca Juniors expert, and Croatian expert as well, uh, from uh, the DC area. And then we've got uh, Matt Sandlin from Austin, Texas, Liverpool fan, been big Austin FC guy, both, uh, very good friends of mine, EPL experts. And then we of course have Zach Poston, my producer as well. We're going to just kind of go through and talk about some issues um, facing the EPL right now. And we'll just kind of have a little round robin. Um, so for for the group, um, first question is, what uh, are th- three transfers you guys are most excited for and watching most closely? Um, and Spencer, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Uh I guess my first one is going to be a spiteful one because I'm watching very closely uh Harry Kane out of Tottenham over to Bayern and uh you know as an Arsenal fan it's always it's always really good to see your uh, your rivals crumble especially when it's as catastrophic and abrupt as Tottenham seems to be doing things uh with their owner being indicted for securities fraud <laughs> their former director of sporting uh <laughs> being on double secret football probation and them under the radar selling some of their players to Russia uh, and somehow it, not violating sanctions. So uh, I'm watching that one the closest. We'll go over to you, Matt, and uh, if there's time, I'll I'll speak about another one.
2: Yeah. So uh, being a Liverpool fan, um, it would definitely be Alexis McAllister and uh, and Zobisley, Um they both are, are coming into a situation that i think they weren't going to be quite as uh, expected to play such a big role i know that they are big expectations but um you know henderson and fabinho going to saudi arabia has changed the equation for the midfield at liverpool and uh, i think everyone on uh, the red side of town Believe that we were going to be uh competing again for titles and uh this will be an interesting transition uh so uh as a liverpool fan it's um exciting but it's also a little daunting in that you have so much uh experience and leadership leaving
1: yeah but you're so lucky to get that uh that hammer from Zabaslai he's got one of the best free kicks you'll see I've watched him a bunch in the in the Bundesliga he's got a hammer it's going to be awesome to watch
0: nice yeah
2: I, I also wonder whether or not you know I know that skill wise he's there it, the the Leipzig players always seem to have a uh, some some of them have a hard time transitioning outside of the the Red Bull umbrella and uh, so I think that'll be another
1: I'm question. keeping my fingers crossed that that guy, uh, Guardiol has the similar troubles transferring over to City, so they won't be as dominant. But, uh, <laughs> that guy's also kind of a beast. Matt, before we go through, just wanted to, uh, speak about the second transfer I'm watching closely because it's such a weird one for an Arsenal fan and in the community. Uh, this guy, David Raya, who's coming over, um, allegedly for about 40 million pounds from, from Brentford, he was statistically, and, and visually, he's probably one of the best three goalkeepers in the league, if you can believe it. I mean, he's up there with Allison, up there with, uh, with Ramsdale. Um, and the fact that Arteta is so obsessed with competition, uh, it's interesting to see what that's going to do to Ramsdale because he's such a vocal leader in the locker room. He just came out this morning with a very interesting piece in The Guardian, saying about how his performance down the stretch yesterday or last season was attributable largely to the fact his wife had a miscarriage some other personal things. His brother is, is gay. And I just don't want to see our really tight locker room get divided by uh, what seems to be a lifelong obsession of Arsenal's goalkeeping coach with this guy, Raya. So let, let's see what happens. I'd personally like to see us spend the money on someone to replace a now-injured Gabriel Jesus, but uh, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to podcasts this morning about that very topic and some Arsenal fans were saying, why would you spend all that much more money just for a goalkeeping competition, really? Like, do you really need Ramsdale to just be that much better? Like, he's pretty solid as is. Why wouldn't you use that to, you know, shore up another key player? So that's a good one. Um, uh, Zach, how about you? Who Who are a couple transfers that you're really keen to watch?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Harvey Barnes at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was always a player that um, had a little something extra. Uh, I thought he stood out on the team, you know, that he played for. Um, sure. Can he can he ride with that kind of new Newcastle money and, and kind of take that next step up, like Newcastle is hoping to take that next step up. Um, Kovačić for City, um, I think he he fits that mold. Um, obviously, no Gundogan, so not the same profile of player, but. Um, you know, I I like it, the quality of player with Pep. I think it'll be seamless transition. You know, does he take the Gundogan role? Is it some sort of hybrid that we haven't seen? And then I'm going to end off. Let's see, I got a couple on here. Uh, I'll probably go James Madison at Tottenham. I thought, uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe not so much last year, but the years before, um, you know, he was kind of projected to make a big move. Um, you know, has that has that little something extra special? Um, a lot of Leicester players on my list. I've, I'm learning. Um, but uh yeah, I'm excited to see what he does in the squad. Um, will Harry Kane be there? Will Will he not? I I guess we'll find out. But um, I think those are the three that I have uh, kind of bookmarked down to to kind of check this season.
0: Um, I'll go ahead and I'll give mine. So n- number one is Sandro Tonali. Um, mm. you know. I've, I can't think of many Italian players that have really thrived in the EPL. They don't seem to do that well when they leave. It's it's rare. Um, so, th- you know, that's definitely going to be one. If I'm flipping through the channels, that would be the first one I'd stop on just to see how he is doing. Number He's got great hair, too. Great hair. <laughs> great Gary. He's a handsome fella. Um, But, uh, no, and I hope he does well. I mean, I like him as a player, but it's just kind of wild that he left AC Milan, which is very much on the rise, and of course he's got that Newcastle money, the uh, Mohammed bin Salman money now, but we'll see how he does. Jordi Arabia. Yeah, that's right. Um, Number two, I'd have to say Mason Mount to Man U in that I'm just intrigued in that I got nothing against Mason Mount, but I've never, I've never really seen all that much from him that made me think that he was anywhere near deserving of the money he got there. Yeah. Um, he hadn't done much in the preseason. I know it's not really much to go off. Of. I mean, I, I, I wish him well. I hope he does well. But I just. But how
2: much of how much of of all those attacking players at Chelsea and their you know uh inability to produce was them or if you're looking at it broadly a lot of those guys have the same kind of mo they all were talented and then went there
0: underperformed and then so
2: i I think it's great because we'll get to find out
0: yes that's exactly right well will we say well was he is it a chelsea problem or was it he just is not as i mean i hope and i think it probably was a chelsea problem where they bought 75 players and made them all compete with each other. And you get once every 19 games, you get a shot to shine, but we'll see. So well, They have like 35 wing players, you know, it's impossible to understand how people yep. fit in, but he's one of those players, man. Like
1: I can't see him in anything other than Chelsea blue. You know, you just I know. only see one player in one color. I can't even look at him in the uniform. Yep. I can't, even, it doesn't like process.
0: I know it's going to be weird. So that's what I'm really interested in. Um, you know, another big one, Spencer, for you, Declan Rice. Um, mm. and I would ask you, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being as excited you could possibly be, how excited are you about him? Well, I'm I'm a 10. Uh, here's why. But I think Arsenal fans need to be
1: patient with him. Uh, his game is is box-to-box midfield. Uh, he can drive the ball forward. Is something we really need to progress through the press. Uh, the issues with Declan Rice, if you look at him visually – he doesn't pop like a Rolls Royce player. He's more just a smooth, mm-hmm. smooth guy that's going to get the job done. And watching West Ham last year and in the position he played and you know protecting the back four, you're not going to see a- enough of him to to know what he can actually do. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I think I would just tell the Arsenal community that his adjustment is going to take some time into the system. It's not just a tactical change from West Ham; it's a fitness uh, adjustment as well. Our, our team is much more fit. They play faster football than West Ham. It's going to take him some time. And I, I watched him in both preseason games so far that I've been able to attend. And he just looks a little bit off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not anything to worry about. I'm 10 out of 10 gap for it. It's going to be great.
0: Yes. And you were there in person, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, and you're right. So people are, I've, I've heard the the famous I've heard the famous phrase Tony Adams thrown around a little bit about him, which is a a dangerous comparison because yeah yeah uh, but I mean he's like he's a six right he's not a he's not a ten or an eight like he's he could be a six stroke eight though sometimes depending on where he plays in that system depending on
1: who he's playing I I would expect him to start with uh, party and Odegaard day one
0: um, as midfield he could be a fantastic. Partner to Odegaard, you know, because Odegaard could be a little bit more of the flashy to your support pop, whereas he's going to be a little bit more of your steady Eddie, you know, kind of your Michael Carrick ish type player, maybe uh, to score. Don't ever make
1: that comparison.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I knew you'd like that. Um, I'll say another one that's been, I'm now, as of 48 hours ago, very interested is Rasmus Holland, which. Yeah. It just it also speaks to like the astronomical sums these clubs are playing yeah. for Nine, people right now. Ninety million? Yeah, and he's like done nothing really. Like he's he's yeah. got some promise, but people were joking that like he looks like er- Erling Haaland, so they're like just give him a hundred million. Like, <laughs> it, and he's young. He's only twenty. He's tall. I think he's like six foot five. And I mean, I think he's yeah. shown some yeah. promise, but like, talk about a big gamble. I mean, he. he I mean, could be huge. But, like, he hasn't really done a whole hell of a lot. So that's definitely another one that I'm watching closely. Yeah, It's pretty amazing Hamville,
2: to think what you could have gotten Holland for, you know, three or four years ago True. versus somebody like – while being productive and having all this upside that, of course, now is fully realized. Um, but to see this guy who's – everybody's, you know, betting on the come here with him and it's – uh But you know what? It's very united of them to go ahead and and just throw money at the problem and see if it see if it works. Yeah,
0: you're right.
1: Well, they are replacing the the undefeated Val Veghorst at the number nine position there. So if you if you enjoy paying nine million dollars per goal, then Hoyland's your guy so far.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. Um, well, no, that's good. So, all right, guys, another one is, um, similarly, what are three storylines that you're following closely this year? Um, Spencer, I'll start with you.
1: Three storylines. Is that everywhere? or just only in the EPL. EPL. So I'm excited. Well, not excited. I'm following, um, I mean, I mentioned earlier Tottenham before is something I'm really interested in because uh, I had a lot of people in my ear uh, in, the, in the downturn of last season from April to May uh, making fun of Arsenal's collapse and saying how we've bottled it. But I, I would say that at least we had something to bottle. Uh, now we have a situation where you have probably the nicest stadium in the Premier League that's going to be filled with a team that's not fit for purpose, that's in transition. I'm really excited though, just because I really like this coach and what he did at at, at Celtic, I'm really interested to see what Postacogli can do with that team because he's the antithesis of of the previous Spurs managers in Conte and Mourinho in that he's kind of like sarcastic, very direct, very Australian in a very, very good way. And so yeah. it's a shame because he got his big his big shot at the managing, you know, in his later in his career. I mean he's like over sixty, I think. And it's a shame because he's, they're going to fail, and I hate to him be him to be at the helm when that happens. But uh, let's go the, the lawyer, and you can't wait to follow this insider trading case against the owner. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> uh, <tough.
2: laughs> yeah, sticking to the soccer field, uh, I think. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I, I think I think it's going to be really interesting to see you. You're going to have team somebody's gonna not get in the top four again and and we're gonna see a lot of you know there's a lot of money being spent there's five teams that for sure believe they should be in the top four Mm -hmm. and then when you include newcastle now um for sure you have obviously chelsea and tottenham who you know uh, it's we're just a few years removed from them being contenders slash you know uh top four almost guarantees so when you include that you got seven teams there's going to be a lot of uh consternation among the fans among the owners and i think we're gonna end up seeing some some kind of panic moves somewhere along the way that'll be interesting to see um another thing that i think is interesting is just seeing if if Brighton, Villa, Brentford, this kind of next mm-hmm. wave of teams um, can take the next step. I mean, they've they've got their models, which is uh, you know pretty cool to see them do it in a different way than uh, other than just going and overspending. Mm-hmm. Southampton had that for a long time, but they never really broke through other than maybe being like a top seven, maybe a top six team, um, and obviously have fallen off the map. Um, so I think those two lines that there's just a ton, I would say like in the top 10 or 11 teams that will be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, compared to maybe some years past where it wasn't that competitive outside, maybe the top four
1: or five. That's a good. I I would also sort of to to build on that point, I think it's a really good one. I I would pose to this group. Do we think the EPL is broken now as a result of all the outside state investment that seems to be, driving up contract values, but also what does what I think gets underreported, and I don't listen to all the podcasts out there, but you have teams that have, for example, in Chelsea, you've got the Saudis giving a $20 billion investment, $20 million investment into the hedge fund that end up buying Chelsea. So they get a, basically a farm system to offload their largesse for for reasonable prices, whereas the right. other non-state-owned teams like Arsenal, if they want to get rid of somebody, <laughs> Pepe, Pepe, no one's coming from an affiliated entity with state-owned money, yeah. and you're really going to start to see some of these teams with that state investment really be able to drive the price and sort of manipulate their own images and and books. And I'm just I wonder if this is finally the year that the English FA or the EPL or someone steps in and starts to bring in maybe an independent regulator or something. To keep this from going off the rails eventually which is starting to look like it already is
0: sorry <laughs> we just so we did an episode on uh we called it uh the barbarians and sheiks at the gate uh the, the little <laughs> riff on the barbarians at the gate kkr yeah. and even since we've done that episode it has completely gone off the rails so much so now that i'm convinced MBS, you know, Mohammed bin Salman and, and Sheik Mansoor and company are going to just buy up all the EPL teams so that they can send them all to the Saudi league. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. getting, it's like, because, I mean, it, it, there was an article in the Athletic that basically said, does, you know, does, this, uh, does Mohammed bin Salman basically own Chelsea now? Like, it's getting really incestuous. And... The, it, it's, to your point, Spencer, yes, something is going to have to be done. And on that episode, we posed the question of, like, what's going to happen when you let a lot of these barbarians and sheiks into your house? Well, we're we're seeing what's happening. And um, so I, I'll just jump right to mine. One of the storylines I'm following is Man City and the financial fair play that they just yeah, yeah. Uh, unabashedly break. Um, yeah like ridiculously and they just don't care and they're like so what you're going to challenge us we'll just tie you up in courts for a decade until everyone forgets it ever happened the banners are still there what are you going to do yeah um right you pay a little fine and yeah, it whatever goes ten, away 10 million and i don't care it just yeah. you know
1: then you, then you hire lord panic to represent you at five thousand dollars an
0: hour right that's right i mean so that's one of yeah. mine that i'm following um i would say another one that uh, changing tack a little bit, an interesting storyline I'm following is uh, Luton Town. Just obviously, yeah. What a cool story! Um, but you know, something that's so wild is like, you know, their stadium only fits barely over ten thousand, and they've had to postpone games there because um, to get into the stadium, you actually have to walk <laughs> yeah. through some guy's den, literally. <laughs> like so for people to get into the stadium they have to walk through some guy's house and so i just think it's that's one. i mean whenever luton's on i'm gonna watch just because i'm just curious to yeah. see how this unfolds um and then i'm also probably my third storyline is is this the year that erling holland wins ballon d'or and finally the torch is passed from the ronaldo Messi years to erling holland or you know is it him or is it Mbappe? I don't know. But uh, how about you, Zach? What storylines are you following?
3: I took some of the good ones there. Um, let's see. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I'll just I'll probably just ride with two. Um, and I kind of titled it: Did Kane wait too long? Uh, you know, he's been. It seems like every summer now, he's been rumored to. Bayern or Chelsea or you know Man U Um, and and I just I get the feeling that he he just might might have waited a year or two uh, too uh, too late to move if Tottenham starts to have a bad season he's still on the team you know do they kind of turn on him Um, I think it would be dumb for them to do that but uh, you know fans and their passion you never know Um, where is the big move for him right you know is it Bayern Um, you know, with Real and how they're spending and and Mbappe rumors, I just, I don't know. I, I just get, get back to the, get back to the point of, you know, maybe he waited one summer or one year, one and a half years, uh, too long to make that move. And then, uh, I just put on here, Chelsea can't be this bad again, right? I just I, they have too much talent uh you know We can I, hope we, Yeah right, oh we can right. all hope Oh I could I could definitely hope um but um you know it, they have they have way way too many good players uh Pochettino we've seen what he can do in the Premier League um you know very consistent as a manager um you know is their resurgence fifth or is there a resurgence, you know, do they make a push or is that maybe something on the on the docket for next year? But those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to as the season starts.
0: Nice. Um, all right, cool. And then one of the last questions for the for the group, um, kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Matt Sandlin, with there being a lot of people vying for that top four, you know, champion leagues eligible. You know, if you had to bet your life on... One of these teams not making the top four, your Man U, Chelsea, Newcastle, Tottenham, um, which or or, which one of the which one of the top Liverpool, 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 which one would you say is not gonna make the top four? Spencer, I'll go with you,
1: okay. So, uh, it pains me to say this, but I think Liverpool are going to be back this year. I think they've invested smartly. I think they're, I think you can pencil them in for now, unless something catastrophic happens with injury. I think Arsenal will be back. I think Man City will win the league again. I think Arsenal will finish second. I think Liverpool will finish third. And then the fourth one is interesting because I think I expect Newcastle to jump on last year and finish fourth. I think Manchester United will finish outside despite all that investment. I just don't see enough out of that team. And Hogg is a great coach. Followed him through their division and his career, coming up through a track Ajax. He's a fantastic coach. That team doesn't gel right. They haven't fixed their defense. I still don't think they're going to make it uh, just yet. So that's that's my personal and slightly biased
0: opinion. No, that's a good one. That's good. What about you, Matt?
2: Uh, I think, I, I really think, it's the same. I mean, it's, I think it's down to Newcastle and United, uh, for that fourth spot. And, um, you know, I, I have more faith in, in what Newcastle's doing than, than what United's doing. I I just, I think, United's doing what they've always done. They're throwing money at, at a bunch of players and they're all doesn't always seem to be a, um, coherent strategy for, for their player acquisition. So, um, I would I would go the same route. I'd say Newcastle fourth,
1: and an interesting twist on that. You know, uh, I think, you know, if you could consider Villa uh, a dark horse. I think under Unai Emery last year they showed a lot of promise when he took over. I think their signings have been fantastic. They've been really smart in how they built their team up for this season. So much so that I would expect hot take. I think Tottenham finishes outside the top ten.
0: Yeah, nice. Oh, that's yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, how about you, Zach?
3: I love the t- Tottenham shout. Yeah, they can they can finish ten eleven. That's fine. No no worries there. Yep. <laughs> um, I got City in another tight race with Arsenal. Um, Spence. I think the one question mark that I have about Arsenal and if they can kind of get over the top is um, is is Jesus is Havertz and you know I guess it's Eddie Nikitia. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Is that enough at the at the tip of the spear? Um, you know, I'm, no, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I lean no. Um, like that, that's kind of the question mark that I have at that team. Um, although I like him as a player, I don't know if Kai, I, you know, Arteta's cooking something up. I, I, I don't see it yet. Um, as far as just the the tip of the spear, um. Th- well, don't sleep on Trossard, though, because honestly, with, with Jesus getting hurt now out five to six weeks, yeah, I, I think you
1: can pencil in Leo Trossard to start at striker as a number nine. I think he's earned it. I think he's going to get it. I don't think Eddie gets it.
3: All right. All right. And... Um so those are my one and two. Um, as far as you know, three through six, I, it's pretty difficult for me. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Chelsea with the third spot. I just something tells me I, I've always been a Poch fan. Um, I, I think he has enough talent there to figure it out. Maybe I'm a year or two early on it, but I'm gonna put them there. I'm gonna put uh, Liverpool fourth, and then I have uh, Newcastle fifth, uh, Brighton sixth. Villa seventh and Man U Man U is the team that falls for me um, and, and Tottenham Man U and Tottenham fall for me at eight and nine um, yeah. you know a little bit of wishful thinking I'm, I'm not exactly the supporters of those clubs but I think with their current makeup uh, what some of the other teams are doing that's uh, that's kind of how I see the year playing out
0: very cool nice I, I just I'm really hoping for I just wish someone could unseat Man City now to just because as we just were talking about they just they're cheating I mean, we just yeah. lay this all out about like the financial fair play. Well, what are, I mean, they won the Champions League and the Premier League. I mean, they're, they're so I'm really rooting for Arsenal's, Liverpool's, you know, who, whoever it is can really contend. But yeah, I mean, if I had to bet my life, I would probably say it's Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. And then that fourth, I mean, guys, a toss up. Between Newcastle, Man U, Chelsea—I mean, God—it's a tough one. But I, you know, I definitely am rooting. I love Brighton. i uh, really loving their success. I love. I'm. I'm. Hope you're right, Spencer. Aston Villa um, sneaks. You know, gets higher and higher in there. Certainly, you know, Europa uh, eligible. Um, but it's going to be interesting. And, and Matt, to your point, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and it'll be interesting to see who um, who doesn't make it. Um well guys we're we're right at our time. Um this is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this guys. I owe you a big time. Sure. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. No, thank it. you. Absolutely. Let's, uh, so this is the Mashie P Mob the EPL round table and uh hopefully we'll make this a recurring thing if y'all are down for it. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. When, when Matoma signed for Arsenal, let's you, do it. You guys uh <laughs> surpassed wildest expectations. You guys crushed it and um thank you so much and uh Thank you. all the best to your your lovely and beautiful wives. Cheers. Same to you. All right. right. See you guys. See you, Matt. Later. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. Appreciate you. See ya.